0: Yo, what's going on, guys? This is the Carson Comic Talk Show, episode number 79, and today I have four simple, some slight topics for you guys. The number one topic I'm going to be talking about is what I think about the 49ers signing J. Ron, Jaron Brown, or J. Ron Brown, however you pronounce his name. Now he spent, now he, he was on the Seahawks, and now the 49ers signed him, and. Next topic I'm going to be talking about is what I think about Brashad Breland, um, Chiefs corner, being suspended four games for violating the NFL's substance abuse policy. And then, third topic I'm going to be talking about, what I think about Yannick Ngakwe being seriously talked about in terms of trade talks with the Jets, the New York Jets, and where I think he will go. And, to wrap the episode off, later down the road, I'm going to be talking about what I think about the Hard Knocks premiered episode 2 last night, and what I really, and some of my takeaways I have from it, and what I think, what I thought about last night's Hard Knocks Los Angeles episode 2. Yep, let's go. So, what I think about the 49ers signing Jaron Brown. so... Now, last week, if you've heard my recently episodes of my podcast, so last week I went over what I thought about the M- the ers signing because it happened last week. Um, Tavon Austin, which you guys may well may well very well may very well know he's a former Ram and he played for the Vikings for for two seasons in twenty eighteen to spam uh, twenty nineteen as well. And Jay signed J-D- JJ Nelson as well, who, who's a former Raider and former Cardinal. so. What I really think about this is I think they're just getting another... It's not too much of a necessity. It's not someone they desperately need. They don't need a receiver desperately. I mean, unless Kendrick Bourne and Dante Pettis do not step up, which those are two the two main receivers on the team right now that are looking that are projected starters, Kendrick Bourne and you know, Dante Pettis, because Marquise Goodwin left. They sent Marquise Goodwin to Philly. And, of course... They shipped Emmanuel Sanders to New Orleans to play with a God Squad and Drew Brees and Michael Thomas and Jericho end and Alvin Kamara. back. Kamara. Now, I think Jaron Breed is, a, is an okay wide receiver. He's been okay overall. His best season, I'm going to get into some of the stats, his best season was with the Arizona Cardinals in 2017. And here's the stat line on that year with the Cardinals in 2017. 31 reset total receptions on the year for f- Four hundred and seventy seven total receiving yards, so and four touchdowns. So thirty one receptions is a career eye for him, four touchdowns is not a career, five touchdowns in twenty eighteen with, with with the Seattle Seahawks and he had four touchdowns that year with, with, with the Cardinals. So Stat thirty one receptions total with six four hundred and seventy seven receiving yards, just a little bit below five hundred total receiving yards, which is half a thousand yards receiving. So that's also a queer eye, four hundred and seventy seven total receiving yards and four touchdowns. So <coughs> That's his most productive year over on his career, having nearly five hundred receiving yards. That was at the Arizona Cardinals in twenty seventeen. He had his both queer highs in receptions with thirty one that year and in terms of receiving yards with four hundred and seventy seven. So not a bad year for him. Now other, other stats are looking like for Jon Brown. Um I think last year in twenty nineteen he had two hundred twenty yard receiving. For the Seattle Seahawks, but of course they had a rookie. Now, of course, they had, I mean, a guy in Tyler Lockett who had over a thousand yards receiving last year. <coughs> and <coughs> a rookie last year is going to his second overall year this year, DK Metcalf, who had 900 exactly total receiving yards. So, yeah. Obviously, the production is very well good in Seattle with Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. So, Jaron Brown's not really a big. No, it wasn't really a big target with them. But yeah, J.R. Brown overall spent seven seasons total overall in the NFL. Five with the Cardinals, but time with the Cardinals Seahawks. Five with the Cardinals and two with the Seahawks. Um, so yeah, I just think J.R. Brown is a decent addition. I think he's an okay overall wide receiver. I don't think he's that special wide receiver. Decent hands, decent route running, and mediocre speed. Um, he's not too much of a great receiver, <clears throat> um, but he will be using the rotation. Rotation. He will be thrown through in, especially if a guy like Tavon Austin, who who is injury prone, and J.J. Nelson as well. If one of them gets injured, he will play. Definitely, he will be in the rotation now because I'm sure Kyle Shanahan is gonna, you know, throw in anyone in there. <coughs> so, <coughs> sorry guys, excuse my cough. Sorry guys, pardon that. Excuse my coughing guys. I know it's probably disturbing for you guys to hear, but well, like I was saying, yeah, Kyle Shanahan will probably throw anyone in there. Whether he, obviously, the stars will be like Kendrick. Well, obviously, the stars will be probably Dante Pettis, Kendrick Bourne, and Tavon Austin will obviously be in the rotation. He's a speed guy. You can give him, you know, reverses. You can give him, um, jet sweeps. You can give him pitches. All of that. He'll be dominant. I mean, he'll be a decent guy in the rushing game. He's not much, of, and you can just throw here and there deep uh, deep shots to a guy like Tavon Austin who has that kind of speed. And J.J. Nelson will be um, a decent receiver uh, for for the 49ers if he's not injured. But both are injury prone, and, and probably Jokic Anna will give a guy like J- Jaron Brown a chance to play. He will be in the rotation, but he will mo- most likely get most out of his playing time if a guy like Tavon Austin and Jaden Nelson gets injured. He'll play more. But, yeah, J.R. Brown's definitely going to see some um, playing time this year because who knows? Who knows who can step up? Anyone can step up. Dante Pettis is the leader. is the most relevant guy and the most notable wide receiver on the team to step up. Then goes Kendrick. I mean, then the guy like Tavon Austin. Um, and guy Kendrick Bourne. I think Tavon Austin will probably start over Kendrick Bourne. Um but yeah, Kendrick will probably go in. Definitely play. It shows his time being a great receiver last year, especially with those touchdown catches against the New Orleans Saints last year. Week 14, the highly anticipated matchup. So, yeah, I do think that a guy like J- Jaron Brown will get his chance. And when it comes, he has to successfully be productive for Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy Garoppolo in the 49ers offense. So, in terms of the receiving game. So, yeah. Yeah, guys, that's really what I think about. 49ers signing jaron brown on to what i think about brashad breland being suspended for games for violating the nfl's substance abuse policy um so that's yes that's that that hurts that takes a hit and a dip that that's not a sword stabbing in your heart but that is a little it's a little problem that's going to happen for the chiefs um they don't have morris claiborne anymore from a corner for the cowboys and Raiders, they don't, they don't have Morris Clayboard anymore. Now, they lose Brashad Paribas for, for the first four games. Now, guys that are going to have to step up, of course, at safety is is obviously the dominant Tyron Matthew. He can also play in coverages and line up as a corner. He came into the league as a corner from, from LSU, actually, just because he was such a good tackler. He uh, eventually switched. Tyron Matthew eventually switched to the safety position because they, they didn't give him the, the nickname Honey Badger when he was in Arizona for no reason. Gets a lot of interceptions, and he anticipates well, guesses well, and he creates great plays, and makes great plays. But a guy, probably a guy like, a guy probably like Charvarius Ward, who, in my opinion, it had played very, very well last year. He didn't play very well, he did play well, um, but you know, it was a long road for him. Um, he wasn't the most highly anticipated corner on the team. That was probably Rashad, um, Rashad Breland. But, but now that Breland's out four games, I do think a guy like Charveris Ward will have to step up even more than he did last year. And probably a guy like Rashad Fenton, who I think is a sleeper, honestly. I think Rashad Fenton didn't see much time on the field last year saying that there was definitely Rashad Breland a starter at corner. Okay, Morris Claiborne was a starter at corner. And not to mention, Charvarius Ward got some playing time at corner. So Rashad Fenton, these two guys, Charverius Ward and Rashad Fenton, Rashad, Rashad Fenton, are guys who I think have to step up and be and key in for this, you know, first four games of the season on in the secondary because we know Tyron Matthew is is an All Pro safety, All Pro first team safety. He he's got it. Tyron Matthew was a corner in this league. He has experience playing the, the the two positions in the secondary the two highly anticipated positions in the secondary not counting strong safety, but I mean and not counting free safety, but corner and just a safety position overall Tyron Tyron Matthew has a lot of experience of course starting his career out in um, Arizona with the Cardinals Worked his way up balled out. Okay, he got the name honey badger He didn't get that name for no reason obviously because he is a very good tackler And he gets his hand in the cookie jar, which means he's a very good highly anticipated guessing player Which means he makes good reads he reads plays through like it's it's a book He really loves he's all-around great safety now. He's gonna play well now, you look at the corners, Brashaw Breeland out for four games. Of course, violating the substance abuse party. I don't, I policy. I don't know why players do this. If they're just so stupid when they do this. You can't violate. You can't be seen. If you're going to do it, at least do not be seen. Don't do this do this stuff in public. Like, come on, man. He did it in South Carolina, too. Like, are you kidding me? Like, what in the world are you thinking, Brashaw Breeland? But with you, Rashad Breland, and in case guys didn't know, <coughs> Rashad, Rashad Breland is, a, is a, a highly anticipated... He was going to be a starter this year, but now he's not because he's out for four games. So, Chiefs are going to run... Now they don't have Morris Claiborne anymore, former Cowboys. So, they're going to rely on a guy like Charvarius Ward, who played in decent decently big moments last year, and Rashad Fenton, who I think is not bad. I do think he has... A tad bit of experience in this league, but I don't think he, he has too much experience. I think he's gonna have first moment jitters, um, but I hope get it through. And a guy like Rashad Fenton is a sleeper, like I mentioned. Rashad Fenton has only spent about, I think he has seen a little bit of action last year, not too much, because obviously with Rashad in Be- that corner, um, and of course. Um, Norris Claiborne was at corner last year. And, of course, Tarvayus Ward came in. But there's guys that will get a lot of action and meaning because <coughs> that Rashad Breathing is out for the first four games. And two of which, at two out of those games, they play... <coughs> excuse my coughing. Two out of those four games are huge games. One One's against the Texans. The other <coughs> is against the New England Patriots. So, two... One is has has two have good offenses. Um, well, the Texans we don't know that's going to be a productive. As, we don't know yet that it's going to be as productive as an offense as it was last year with Hopkins and Deshaun Watson. But a healthy David Johnson would, is key for the Texans. They do lose Hopkins, but they know who they gain. Without with with Hopkins gone, they gain great receivers, Brandon Cooks to go along with the already Will Fuller. Um, Will V. <coughs> Will be Fuller and of course a guy like Kenny um, Stills was there, but Randall Cobb will come in, of course. And you can't make a guy like Brandon Cooks, but there's a lot of injury-prone players on that 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 receiving core, so that's why me and, and uh, people around this world don't really contest contest them. not a testament to really know whether these the these this offense is gonna click with David Johnson at running back, I think it's going to click. Because this running game, they haven't seen an effective running game in Houston as good as I think David Johnson can produce. Now, with that being said, Duke Johnson, when he... um, Okay, Duke Johnson is still on the Texans, so Duke Johnson will probably split carries with... David Johnson. I think David Johnson is going to start... But yeah, the, the fact of the matter is, I do have a productive running game to go along with some tools in the shed uh, some tools in the shed that, that Sean all Moxie can play with. No homo, but with with Brandon Cooks, Randall Cobb, Kenny Stills, and a guy like Will Fuller. But Will Fuller, Brandon Cooks, Randall Cobb, <laughs> uh, all have experienced injuries. Okay, some. Some bigger than others. But, yeah, like I mentioned, back to the Chiefs. You get two guys that really have to step up. Charvarius Ward and Rashad Fenton. Um, yeah. And those four games that, 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 of that Rashad Breland will not be a part of. So, yeah, two guys that will have to key in and step up for Rashad, Breland, for Rashad Breland's absence in the first four games uh, of this year's NFL season. For, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs secondary, mainly the corners. Guys that will have to step up, Charvarius Ward, and Rashad Fenton. Um, Yeah, and that's really what I think about Rashad being being suspended for four games for violent NFL substance abuse policy. On to what I think about Yannick and being seriously talked about in terms of trade talks. Now, Jacksonville wants him gone. And a big reason, I don't know exactly why they want to shop him so much, what I know is it's a half-half deal. What I know is Jacksonville didn't really want to give him away. Um, but this was previously. Now they do. Now they've seen uh, Yannick. Now they are seeing Ngakwe as part of the story. And Guap, and Gakwe wanted out of Jacksonville. And that's mainly because um, I don't really know the exact reason why he won out of Jacksonville. Maybe just a new change of scenery was, was better for a guy like Yannick and Gakwe. But you got to understand, a guy like Yannick Ngakwe, for being serious, let's go to the stats. Yannick Ngakwe had a career-high career like 12 sacks with the Jacksonville Jaguars in 2017. In 2018, it followed up a very good another year with having nearly 10 sacks with 9.5. Following that, this most recent NFL season, um, he tied what he had in his rookie year in 2016 with 8 sacks. Last year with the Jaguars. So in total, he has 37. So far in his career, is 37 and a half sacks. So far in his career with the Jacksonville Jaguars, that's great. 37 and a half sacks ain't bad. That's decent for a first, you know, five years of his career. That that that, that that's not bad. First, I mean, first four years of his career. My bad. That's not bad. That's not bad. But yes, and in terms of him and being shopped in terms of trade talks, Jacksonville Jaguars, um, with and and Doug Marone, a team that has popped up is the New York Jets, and I think this could heavily rejuvenate a Jaguars defensive line. Now, with that being said, a guy like Quinn and Williams is also on that defensive line, so that that's that that combo right there of Yannick and Gakpo and Quinn and Williams is actually a solid. A solid two combo of pass rushers. Both are great pass rushers. Yannick Ngakoue is obviously way better. You know, Quentin Williams is still young though. He's gonna progress. He has a lot of upside. Year year by year, the guys Quentin Williams is gonna get a lot better. Confidence is gonna rise sky high up almost every single year. But a guy like Quentin Williams. Now, with that being said, a guy like Quentin Williams. Has not had a lot of success in his two-year span in the NFL with the New York Jets so far. Mainly being because of injuries, number one. And number two, he only had two and a half. And just in the Jets organization is not a good. The Jets' whole football team is not good. It's not good. Sam Darnold is good. I think he's going to progress. Sam Darnold's decent. I think he's going to progress to be good this year. Um, giving up Jamal Adams hurts the team devast- uh. Um, like, largely hurts the team, especially the secondary and defense. Um, and of course, a guy, you know, like, Tremaine Johnson is gone. Josh Adams. I mean, I did it again. (coughs) Jamal Adams. A guy like Jamal Adams. That they gave away to the Seattle Seahawks for Bradley McDougal and, and some picks. That that horrible trade. Horrible trade. Horrible trade, but I guess it was a win win because there was a stalemate originally for Jamal Adams and Adam Gates. No, it really, really wasn't going that well in passing in terms of trade talks, um, but then it's already heating up and getting big ones. Jamal Adams kept saying, Yo, I won out. I don't like our team. I, I, I'm good. I'm the best safety in the league, but look, you and he is the best safety in the league. in terms the best strong safety in the league and best overall safety in the league. Um, Durbin James can argue that, <coughs> obviously. <coughs> he probably will if he had the chance to argue that. He probably would. But, um... You know... It, it comes down to this. Really... Back to Yannick Ngakoue. Well, before I go to Yannick Ngakoue, I want to mention the Jets team is not a good organization. But they have young pieces. Quentin Williams on, on the defensive line. Had two and a half sacks exactly both of his first years. Uh, first two years in his NFL career. Turns a two-year span. But, um, yeah, he hasn't been able to find, you know, a home in the, J- at, uh, the New York Jets so far. But... You know, if Yannick Ngakwe gets there, um, he's going to be obviously the dominant pass rusher. But, but what I'm thinking is a guy that has 12 sacks in 2017 with the Jaguars was y- um, Yannick Ngakwe. Thir- uh, 9.5 in 2018, nearly 10. 8 last year, and 37.5 and total so far in his career. But really what I'm thinking is a guy like Yannick Ngakwe... Um, I don't think he's gonna go to the Jets because if he didn't like it at the at the Jaguars, who are a better team than New York Jets, then he's not gonna find a home at the at, at the Jets for the Jets. So I I feel like Yannick Ngakwe could go to the Jets because they don't really need a pat a very solidified pass rusher. The linebackers are decent. Avery, Avery Williams is the the most notable linebacker now that C J Mosley opted out. So Avery Williams is the number one linebacker now, but yeah, a guy like But yeah, like I was saying, I know I was rambling a lot about the Jets, rambling on and on a lot about the Jets, but I don't think Ngakwe, I think he'll produce well for the New York Jets. I I think he'll get that part of the game down. I think he will play very well, and he will be happy with the amount of production he will give for the Jets. I just don't think he's going to be happy with the situation that the New York Jets are usually in with having losing seasons and losing records most of the time. Last year, they were 7-9, and that was good. That was a good year for the New York Jets. They went on a stretch of games at the end of the year where Adam Gase had had Sam Darnold playing really well, fitting really well in the system, uh, being very productive really well. Um, they were on a streak, and they went 7-9 last year, so I was surprised they even went 7-9. That's actually a good record for... Uh, Out of the the ordinary for the New York Jets But I think Ngakwe will be very good for the New York Jets I just think it's like a Jamal Adams situation for the Jets See Jamal, it's not the same Because obviously Ngakwe is not the best defensive end in the NFL It's Aaron Donald What I'm saying is It's a similar situation with when Jamal Adams was on the Jets Jamal Adams is the best safety in the NFL Obviously Ngakwe is not the best defensive end in the NFL But he's still a very good defensive end (laughs) And Jamal Adams is a very good safety, but what I was thinking is Jamal Adams productive, had was very productive, you know. Obviously, Jamal Adams is always very productive and was always very productive every year for the New York Jets. In, in and out, but they just didn't make the playoffs all the years he was on the Jets, and they weren't a winning team. So he got mad because he wanted to be on a very good team, so he left them, and he's on the Seahawks. They shipped him away. Adam Gates and the Jets shipped him away to the Seattle, where they have a winning organization with Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson. DK Metcalf and Ty Lockett. And Chris Carson. So that's a good organization right there. Um, <clears throat> and, of course, Greg Olson. That's tight end, And Jacob Hollister. That's a good organization and winning team. I think Jamal Adams will find a home there and stay there for plenty of years and way more years forward to come in the future. But, you know, a guy really, like... Yannick Ngakwe, it's a similar situation. Not totally, sim- not totally the same, and exactly the same because, of course, Jawan's the best safety the NFL, and Ngakwe is not the best defensive end in the NFL. It's Aaron Donald, but he's still one of the- he's still one of the best defensive ends in the NFL. He's not one of the best, but he's still a very good defensive end in the NFL. It's not like he's not like a top defensive end in the NFL. He is, but. What I'm trying to say is it's a similar situation with him and Jamal Adams because he's going to be very productive if he goes to the New York Jets and if he gets traded to the New York Jets, but eventually he's going to want to trade again like he like he did, similar with when he was on the Jaguars, like he's doing now. So he's very productive, but, you know, they're not a winning football team. Um, yes, they won a few games with Minshew earlier on in the season. They had a 4-4 four and four record or a 4-3 and three record or a 3 they won some games, 3-4 record, but obviously it started to plummet and go down, and he didn't like what, what they were doing. He's not a winning team. He feels like he can be very good, be very productive, but he feels like he wants to win games, and that's a similar situation. He wants to be on a winning team and make some playoffs. And that's the situation I think that Jamal Adams was doing, so that's how I can figure and connect that with Yannick Ngakwe. So, yeah. But other teams I think he could go to. I'm um, and Gakway. Um, I think he could I, I think he, I could see him on a team like well the I I'm not saying I could see him on a team like the Eagles, but if he gets gets traded to the Eagles, I would be very happy. That's my beloved Philadelphia Eagles, my favorite team in the NFL. I would love if he gets shipped to the Eagles cuz that would just make an already great defensive line that much better with Fletcher Cox. Um, Derek Barnett, of course. Brandon Graham is a great pass rusher. Nathan Gary, great linebacker as well. We got Javon Hargrave as well. Josh Sweat as well as Sharif Miller, and then and then if we got Yannick Ngakwe, and then put Yannick Ngakwe in there, that's just that much better of an already good defensive line. So, <coughs> <I> really think <coughs> the team I could see him on is possibly a team, maybe like the Redskins now if he goes to the Redskins he will have a similar situation with the Jets they're not gonna be all that much of a winning team now a decent team I could see him on that could possibly develop into an actually good team is like the Raiders if he gets if he goes to the Raiders him and uh, Max Crosby are two dominant pass rushers on that team You put Ngakwe with with an already great pass rusher Max Crosby there you go two dominant pass rushers And that would help out the defense a lot, so... And it's not like the Raiders are horrible. I think they went 7-9 last year, or 7-8-1, or 8-8. Or 8-7-1, something like that. Or 7-9. But yeah, team on team like the Raiders. (coughs) Now, a team I think he really would want to go to is probably the Seahawks. Um... You probably won't want, would want to go to the Chiefs, but the Chiefs don't have all that much cap anymore After getting Patrick Mahomes. The richest deal, not just in NFL history, but sports history in general. Uh, maybe a team like the Browns I can see. I think that would be a push for the Browns to make the playoffs because their defense is also a struggle. It's not just the offense with Mayfield and Odell struggling last year to connect and have chemistry. Odell still had over a thousand yards receiving last year, and of course it wasn't the leader in receiving. For them, it was Jarvis Landry who had over a thousand yards receiving last year in more yards than, um, that could be at over 1,100. But yeah, guys, I could just... Those are a few ideas... And a few teams that Yannick Ngakoue I think could go to maybe the Seattle Seahawks. Pair him up with a guy like, uh, well, Ziggy Ansah is not really there anymore, but Bobby Wagner's a great pass rusher. He's also the best middle linebacker in the NFL. Um, yeah, there's just a few teams that I think he could go to. Yeah, and that's really what I think about Yannick Ngocle, but He's seriously talked about in terms of trade talks, like with the Jets. And that's I have named some teams where I think he would, could go. Now what I, what I and now on to the final topic of the night. Some of my takeaways, well, actually, oh, yeah, 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 final topic of the night, some of my takeaways on what I thought about Hard Knocks Los Angeles with the Los Angeles Rams and with both Los Angeles Rams and Los Angeles Chargers, Chargers. episode two last night, and so I'm just giving you guys some of my takeaways from it, so, and yeah, here are some of my takeaways and some of my thoughts that I had from when I watched Hard Knocks Los Angeles with the both Los Angeles Chargers and Los Angeles Rams last night. I premiered premiered on HBO. Premiered episode 2. Yeah, here are some of my takeaways and my thoughts on it. Um, I really thought it was a good episode. Of course, like I mentioned on when I did... Exactly last... Exactly... I did... Exactly last week, um, I did Wednesday, August twelfth. Uh, I talked about Hard Knocks episode one because I watched it the previous night, eight days ago, on it premiere. And I really talked about, you know, what, what was different about it. like I I get it. I've been watching Hard Knocks ever since two thousand fourteen or. 2015 with the Texans. Of course, 2016, 2017, 2018 was the Browns, and last year was the Raiders. Um, yeah, really some of my thoughts that I had on it was it was another great episode. Of course, I got to see Sean McVay and Anthony Lynn run their teams during walkthroughs, and you got to see some inside stuff. Like you showed you again, you know, like Melvin Ingram... Joking around with the guys like Joey Bosa on the Chargers um, and the rookie Deacon corner for the um, <clears throat> but yeah, I got like it was Deacon something, he was either a corner for the Rams, I think he was a corner for. For the Rams, but he was a funny guy. He was all laughed, all laughing the whole entire time. He was a funny guy. That was one of the best scenes and guy like Clayton Johnson, who was a um. You know, a guy like Clayton Johnston. Whoa. they were getting him, you no. Know, Big insight when you know him messing up, and he was like, "Oh, damn!" And then he was talking to some of his you know teammates, and they were helping him fix his problems. And then, of course, the charters with Justin Herbert uh, making great reads and great throws. Uh, Chris Harris loved it. Casey Hayward loved it. And of course, most definitely Anthony Lynn loved it. And then uh, let's go to the Rams, and then. It showed the progressions of a great offense, and it was funny. It was going like, dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun, the Monday night theme song that opens up Monday night football each week because he was hyped about practice, and so was Jared Goff. It showed Jared Goff going through the progressions and cadences, getting them all down, running plays, throwing great throws to guys like Cooper Cup, big-time receiver for the Rams, and Robert Woods. And Tyler Higby. So, yeah, it was really fun. A great episode to watch last night. And, yeah, those are some of my takeaways and thoughts I had on. And, yeah, guys, that's pretty much wraps things up. And I'll catch you guys later.